Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Rundown, where we talk about 2A news and conservative views. I will be your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the Left Coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. But as we all know, I do not do this program by myself. That's right. My name is Mike P. Waworski, coming to you live from the East Coast, the coast with the most from the co-host with the most here on The Rundown, 2A views and conservative news and Craig. Happy Man Love Thursday to you. Man Love Thursday? I, I thought it was Thirsty Thursday. Oh, Thirsty Thursday. I'm sorry. I'm telling Army stories with our next guest, and Man Love Thursday was on my brain. Oh, sorry. I thought you were celebrating Pride Month or something. Oh, yeah. I said you should see. I'm wearing my rainbow underwears right now. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So tell you what, before we get into our next, before we get into our guest, let's do a quick shot. Let, let's go right into it and do a quick shout out to our sponsors. Let's do it. Let's say hi to our good friends at Hitman Industries. That's hitmanindustries.net, hitmanindustries.net. Odds are if you've got yourself an AR in the past five years, you got one of their barrels and you don't even know it. Well, now you could buy from them direct for your next barrel, for your next AR build, or rebarrel your current AR. That's hitmanindustries.net. California Republican Assembly fighting a good fight behind enemy lines. Now you can take part in California's future today. Please do the California Congressional 6th District while you're at it. Hog Holsters, H-A-W-G Holsters.com. That's hogholsters.com. You get the best tactical concealed holsters on the market. Use the discount code The Rundown. All one word, all caps, no spaces. That's hogholsters.com. And if you want some awesome field gear, walking gear, hiking gear, hunting gear, whatever it may be, get your butts on over to uscombatgear.com. That's right, folks. These are our sponsors. They they bring us to you so that we can bring you to them. So do us a favor. Do them a favor. Do yourself a favor. Visit them. You can find the links to their websites in the description to this program. Go there, spend some money, and make sure you tell them that the guys over at The Rundown sent you. All right, now, Mike, uh, we have a special guest with us today, and uh, we're hoping to kind of do this as a regular thing on Thursdays to have a guest. So with that, I will uh, I will give you a moment to go ahead and introduce uh, our special secret guest. Our special secret guest, yes. Uh, and it's a pleasure. He's become a, uh, a new friend recently, and it's a pleasure to have him on the program. Uh, he is Brent. He's a retired Delta Force operator, and he's currently the owner and proprietor of First Responder Coffee Companies. Welcome to the program, Brent. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate uh, what you guys do, uh, getting out the good word for 2A News and conservative views. I do appreciate that. Well, we appreciate having you, sir. Vote most definitely, most <laughs> definitely. So do me a favor. Tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, how does how does one become a Delta operator? Um, yeah, he took for, a rather uh, odd path. Yeah, that is. Uh, so the first thing you have to do is, uh, well, once once you're in, once you're in the army, you have to become a certain rank, have so much, so many years within the army, um, and we generally recruit with with uh, from within special operations. So uh, you know, be, being a Green Beret, a Ranger, a SEAL, a uh, a Marine Raider, uh, we recruit from from those pools basically to make an all-star team uh, for a tier one unit. But now, Brent, you were a, uh, you joined as an air defense artilleryman, which is a very odd path to get there. Normally, the you know, from what I know, getting to special ops or into into Delta Force, you guys are, you know, you start off as an infantryman, maybe a ranger, maybe in the cav, that kind of thing. But uh, 
you know, to, to be, uh, to come from ADA, that was a hurdle to jump over to begin with. Uh, I'd, absolutely. I'd, I haven't done the research on that, but uh, it's, it's probably a safe bet to say, in fact, it, it was, I wouldn't say worse than that. It was, I was air, air defense, ADA air defense artillery um, within the national guard. So I would, <laughs> I, I would, I don't think it's a long leap to say that uh, I'm, I was the only air defense national guardman to go to the Delta force in, uh, in my career. So I took a, I took a strange path. I went from ADA. So I joined 9-11. Um, had no intentions of, of joining the military. Always came from a very, uh, you know, conservative Christian household that, that ran a small business. Uh, and I just was going to work in the small business. But 9-11 happened. And so uh, my life, like so many others, were, were altered that day. Uh, I joined the military. Uh, I, I didn't have any idea of what I wanted to do. So the recruiter said, this is where we need people. I said, sure, then that's, then that's where, where my country needs me is where I want to go. Um, and so they plugged me into air defense artillery, air defense, uh, air defense artillery, national guard. Uh, it didn't take very long for me to figure out there that, uh, after over 2000 people, innocent Americans died in a, uh, in a, and the horrific terrorist act on our, on our, on our land that I wasn't going to be able to give any sort of justice for those people in air defense. So I quickly looked for uh, another avenue where I could uh, directly affect the war on terror. Um, so the first place I wanted to go was, uh, was to be a Green Beret. And so I had no, no idea or intentions going to go in the Delta Force, just one step at a time, right? Can, can I even be a Green Beret? And they even told me then they didn't want to send me to selection because they're like, hey, we sent guys to selection before. No one ever makes it. We're tired of wasting our time. You can't go. So um, what probably ended up being a gift to me was I had to fight them to go to special forces selection, which is actually they, they can't hold you back from from progressing your career. Yet it happens all the time. And I fought them and I fought them and I fought them about that. And they finally said, fine, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to whine about it all the time, <laughs> go. And it was the best thing for me. Because there was no way that I was going to quit or not prepare myself when I got the opportunity to go there. So when when you know, on on my worst day at Special Force Selection, quitting was never an option to me, because I was too prideful to ev to go back to that unit and be like, "Ah, oh, you were right. Uh, I shouldn't have gone." Uh, so um, it was a gift. Uh, I went there. I crushed it because I because I trained for it um, and uh, spent almost eight years on, on an ODA going to South America, Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, and at some point, um, just wanted to see, uh, like it crosses a lot of people's minds, special operations. At some point you, you see, you see a Delta force team off in the distance and on an airfield going to do hits and little bird flying over you going, man, I, I wonder if I could do that. And, uh, I didn't want to, for the same reason I joined the military, I didn't want to have a life of, what could have been. I didn't want to be 70 years old, look back and be like, you know, my country got attacked and I didn't do anything about it. Like I should have. Don't want to live a life with no regrets. That's why I joined the military. That's why one of the reasons I joined special forces. And so kind of was a natural progression at this point. I was like, well, I've done everything that I've set my mind out to do so far, including dive school and some other very difficult schools within the military. I said, uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, the unit did not come looking for me. I was not that, uh, I was I was not on their radar. I had to go I had to go find them and look for a recruiter and make emails and try to find phone numbers. But I eventually found a found a recruiter that would uh, that that took my application. They came out and I passed all the initial 
uh, initial assessments and exams and got invited out to, to West Virginia for a month retreat out into the mountains and uh, actually didn't make it the first time. And I made it all the way to the end and they, they pulled me out and the, uh, the, the commander asked me, hey, how, how do you think it went? Um, and when I first got there, I was actually kind of almost intimidated. You know, was, there's a bunch of, bunch of just badasses, amazing men. Yeah, just a bunch of badasses. You know, you're like, man, yeah. do, do I deserve to be in this company? And uh, you know, by the end of it, you know, all those big guys are, are falling out and you're still there at the end. And at some point, I was like, you know what, this, this process isn't bigger than me. I, I actually think I belong here and I think I can do this. Um, and so when I got my exit interview, you know, he asked me how I did. And I said, I, I thought I actually did really good. I, this is where I messed up. This is where I could have done better. And he goes, uh, well, you know, obviously you didn't make it. So what, what are you, you going to do now? I said, well, and it is this mythical thing, which I'm not going to talk a lot about selection. It should stay a, a, a mythical thing. It should be a right. surprise to everyone going to it. But, uh, but I told him, I said, well, if I know some people get a second chance, uh, I said, if, if, if you'll have me back, um, I'll come back to this course and I'll, and I'll kick it in the ass. And he kind of chuckled. He goes, that's really ironic you saying that, seeing how the course was bigger than you this time. What makes you think <laughs> it won't be bigger than you next time? I just looked right back to him. I said, give me another chance and I'll, and I'll prove it. And I think he, he, he liked my attitude. He invited me back. I trained like an animal for six months. I took no time off, went right back to training. I went back to that course. Um, I'd like to say I, I, I kicked its ass. I barely crawled across the finish line, and, uh, but, I, but I crawled across the finish line. And um, I, uh, I, I made it to the next phase in, in my career, which is, you know, there were there will be more people drafted in the NFL this year that have ever been Delta Force operators. So if that kind of shows you what an elite group I was humbled and lucky to be a part of, much less to do it for 10 years. Um, you know, I, and it never, it, never, uh, it, was, it was never lost on me. Every time I got on a helicopter in the middle of the night with you know, the best America has to offer, you know, I've, I felt just humbled and kind of one of those things like I – I wish my dad could see me now, like mm -hmm. his son lifting off on the best aircraft with the best gear, with the best men going against the baddest dudes in the world. And, and we will win tonight the way we win every night. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's an amazing feeling. And as much as I, you know, try to talk humbly about it, if you'd have interviewed me on that helicopter, you'd have had a much more brazen person you'd have been interviewing, uh, that night but I, I look back on it with just nothing but nothing but um you know joy graciousness and uh lucky to be lucky to be a part of of that and lucky to be a part of it during a time where you know we we had missions to do there's guys are part of the greatest unit in the world in the 80s and 90s that were lucky to go do hits every now and again you know uh i was in a target rich environment where there was always some place to go and always a target to be hit so mm. Those 10 years were, were great years. Uh, and, you know, people talk to me about, you know, the, the bad times or, or losing friends and, you know, the, the mental health aspect of it. And to be honest with you, I just, I don't focus on the negative about it. Yes, that stuff happened. I, I enjoyed every mission I went on, every rotation I did, every time I got called out of my house in the middle of the night to go do something for my country. I, I absolutely loved it uh to its fullest and, and until the the ride was was finally over and at, and at 20 years uh you know with four kids 
uh, and four kids that have been to more funerals than any, any kid should. And, you know, kids that know their dad have, has, has come back, shot up from missions and, and in a hospital, wondering if daddy's going to come home next time. I, uh, at, at 20 years, I said, well, we'll close this chapter. It was a great chapter. My team time was, was over anyway. So I, uh, I went on to, to the next chapter of my life. But yeah, that's in a, in a there's a Reader's Digest version to my career. How, how do you get from it's the next chapter of your life to running a coffee company? <laughs> As always, and you know, I, I say this, and most people, most people's lives can. You can take your life in five five year you know increments. And I was right. an eighteen year old working in a feed store. Uh, you just said, hey, five years from now, you're you're going to be in the military. I'd have been like, no way. And five years from there, you know, I'm in air defense. And you're going to be a Green Beret, you know, at five years from now. I'm like, no way. And then five years later, I'm in the Delta Force. And then five years later, I'm in Syria. We didn't even know Syria was going to be a war. And then uh, if you'd asked, told me a couple years ago, hey, you're going to get out of the military at 20 years, which I had no real intention of even getting out of the military at 20 years, and say, you know, five years from now, you're going to be running a, a coffee company for first responders. I'd have said, that's, that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, as the saying goes, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and here I am. And, and how that came about was after I got out, I had to figure out what I was going to do when I grew up and um, uh, kind of fell into this job of, uh, of training SWAT teams. And so uh, I went around the country training SWAT teams. And sometimes I'd train them for free because they'd, they'd call me looking for prices and they'd say, OK, we just want to get it in next year's budget. And I'd say, well, uh, well, if you guys you know, are looking for training and you can't afford it until next year, I'll, I'll, I'll come out and give me, give me a couch to sleep on. I'll, I'll come train you guys. Um, so that type of passion you know, for our first responders uh, and training them and see, after working with them to see like they're just amazing guys that, that give their all day in, day out. Um, and to be smeared the way they, they are in the news, it just also just kind of gave me a, a compassion to for first responders and to help them. Um, and as and as great as my uh, my career is, and 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 the, the the things I did for my country, if if something happens to my wife and kids, the Delta Force isn't isn't coming to to save them or help them out. First responders are firemen, EMS, you know, police. So that is where you know, I'm going to in, invest. Uh, and so I got into, I had to figure out a way how we were going to raise, I wanted to raise money for first responders and I was going to start a, a nonprofit. Um, and then I realized, uh, I don't like asking people for money. And apparently that's a, that's a, uh, a staple in a nonprofit. You have to ask people for money. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That's uh, kind of, that's kind of a thing. You <laughs> kind of got to be okay with asking people for money. It, right. And uh, just not built that way. I uh, didn't want to ask him for money. So uh, I said, you know what, you know, these guys, they're, they're, a, they're a massive from a business perspective. They're, they're a massive audience that drink, you know, that drink a, a unbelievable amounts of coffee. No one's catering to them. So let's provide them a product they're already using and then and give back to them through that business uh, venture. So and uh, that uh, in that aspect, first responders coffee company was born. And uh, we've we've opened up in November of last year, so we're we're still we're still fairly fresh. Yet we've donated eight thousand dollars of our own money and raised another close to fifteen thousand dollars for first responders. Um, so you know our our uh, our our short 
our short time in this realm. I'm very proud of what we've done. We're, we're growing every month as a company. And to be honest with you, I, can't, I can't wait to continue to grow the company because those numbers of giving will, will also grow. And that's the, the reason we started it. Yeah, when you were doing your, your, your training of the SWAT teams, that was right in the midst of, you know, the worst our country had to offer with the defund the police, you know, programs going on as, as well. So you got to see how underfunded these people were and, and, and as first responders, just lack of training, lack of equipment and everything else. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's timing. And, you know, if it had been 20 years ago, you tried to got into this, that was when we were funding the police, 9-11, when they were the heroes. Um, but it just... It, 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 it works out as well. Um, and now, Brett, when you, every every bag you sell or every K-cup you sell, what what a cut of that goes straight to first responders? Correct. Uh, so we don't we don't say you know uh, you know a certain percentage of our profits go to because uh, we're we're still a, a startup. We don't you know I, we don't we still don't got to pay the bills. Yeah. That's right. We don't even make money uh, a cer certain months. So that means that, that I wouldn't have been able to give anything you know uh, yet. So we don't say that. We say 20% of the of everything that leaves the store has a ear tag of it towards first responders. So we're wow. that's how we're able to to give to first responders. And, and people have told me, hey, that's that's too much. You can't give that much. Like do do 10%. Um, so not only have have we done that, um, thanks to having to do taxes, I can tell you uh, we're at 26%. <laughs> so we can do that. We can actually beat it and 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 do a little more. So. That's that. That's the numbers game we're we're playing right now, and uh, and I, I couldn't be any more proud of it. To be honest with you. Yeah, and that's folks. That's a. And that's not a. There's not a twenty percent markup on everything, so he can give that twenty percent. That's twenty percent coming out of a, a a normal price you'd pay for uh, for your, for your for your coffee. And uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Quick, it, before we get into it, tell everybody what kind of coffee you guys you got too. So so we so, so the coffee aficionados can now be perked up as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I knew it in the day, you know, people would probably buy a bag just, just because of the, the cause, but to do the things that we want to do, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't have, you know, one, one bag, uh, of coffee sales per, per household. You have to put in quality coffee to get the second bag and the third bag and the fourth bag. So we decided to go with, uh, a single source Brazilian, uh, Arabica bean coffee, um, not, not Colombian coffee and not, a blend uh you know other companies will they'll do what's called a, a brazilian blend and they'll throw the name brazilian up there because everyone knows that the coffee is is high quality coffee but the the rules for coffee is really odd so y if you say brazilian blend you would assume that that blend is over 50 percent at least brazilian beans but that's just not how it is it can be a a much smaller percentage you can still lead with brazilian so uh, we decided to not play word games and go straight to, you know, high quality coffee. It's 100% Brazilian Arabica beans. Um, and what's important about that is it, the smooth flavor comes from the low acidity beans that, that Brazil, uh, makes the, the soil is very low in acidity where they make, uh, where they, where they harvest the beans, that low acidity soil transfers over to the beans and through the process and all the way to, to your cup of coffee. So, the smoothness of the taste comes from the lowest city. And if you're one of those guys that drink three, four, five cups of coffee, uh, that low acidity, your body will thank you for that as well. So we we're very different from every coffee company. And you know that and, and the fact that the type of beans we use, the quality of beans we use, the amount that we give back 
and for the 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 really the the, the clientele that we we cater to. So we're we some people say you know the coffee industry is very um uh kind of convoluted uh market you know why brand why, why would you why would you go into that space and for all those reasons just told you that space that we're operating in is is wide open well you know what i what i like about it is it's a great way for people to give back and help people with with a product that quite frankly they use every day exactly and that's that's another thing that I liked about it. I don't have to sell you something you don't need, that you don't use. You <laughs> I need use coffee. It. <laughs> right. You you. Use I it need coffee. Anyway. <laughs> right. So uh, it just allows you to, you know, which I think we're actually doing a better job of uh, here of, in, the, in the last couple years. Uh, I think we've awoken a, um, a relatively quiet uh, majority of our country who usually just goes, you know, I'm not looking to cancel anything. I'm not looking to go out of my way to support one business or the other. I just go to work. I live my life. Um, uh, ask Bud Light if if there's a part of this country that now cares who who they buy, you know, their their products from. So, and and that aspect, it's you yeah. You, again, you can you can actually decide, and you know, with your money, what you're already buying, who to support. My uh, my favorite bl blend that they have is the uh, is the tier one, and if you can see on the top there, ca caffeine infused as well. So caffeine uh, infused. If, if, if regular amount of caffeine is not enough for you, they got extra caffeine. Caffeine, available yeah, for caffeine you, infused. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for guys like you me, you could drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep. <laughs> I'd need a little something else. All right, folks, look, if you're tuning in right now, you're watching right now, look, I know for a fact, wherever you're watching, look, we can we can go as long as we want. And I know that on Opslands, I know we have the whole hour. So, we, we you know, we've gone into this a while, but I think it's about time for us to go ahead and get into the news. Brent, Brent you cool with hanging around and talking some news? Abs absolutely. I'm not afraid to give you my two cents. Your two cents? Well, you know, with inflation, that's worth less than a cent, right? <laughs> just, just so you know. All right. Well, we're going ahead. We're going to go ahead, and we're going to uh, we're going to go ahead and get into today's stories. All right. So our first story here, and uh, this one comes from our good friend from the state of California. Uh, his office is right that way, a few miles. Gavin Mussolini, the tyrant dictator—at least that's what he thinks—of California, has come out and said, "You know what?" I don't like this Second Amendment thing, you know, this whole, you know, right to keep and bear arms. So tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to propose a constitutional amendment that will curb access to firearms. In other words, what he's saying is he wants to introduce a, UA, a an amendment to the Constitution of the United States that would actually raise the minimum age in order to purchase a firearm to 21, mandate universal background checks, and impose a waiting period on buyers and ban civilian purchase of quote unquote assault weapons. All right, um, Brent, you're our guest. I'm gonna give you first crack at this one. I don't, I don't know where to start with that. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> it's the I, head shake. You hear you hear Nusselini said something, and your head shake. You just if, what is this guy thinking? I've, I've made this joke before, and, it, and it'll tell you everywhere. Uh, all, all you need to hear about this this argument from me is if only our founding fathers were smart enough, I wish they would have put something something in the Second Amendment like shall not be infringed 
and we wouldn't have this this massive debate. Um, yeah, great, great. Oh, okay. So uh, it's it's and and shout out is I'm, such a vague term, though. <laughs> such a vague term. Yeah, it's hard to interpret. And uh, what exactly do I, you mean by that? Another thing I, I hate to assault weapons. You know, it, it, they they intentionally use that term. You know, making you think that everyone that owns that is going out assaulting people, which is the the you know, words have you know have meanings. They're not assault weapons. In fact, the only two things these assault weapons are used for with legal citizens is recreational use and defense. It's the only two things are used for. Well, what's interesting is there is no there's no such there's there's such thing as an assault rifle, which is a fully automatic rifle that generally you either have to be in the military to have access to, or you have to have a special license in order to be able to have possession of. And that's not necessarily a license that's easy to purchase. Mike, you, you, you're, you're the FFL, you're, the, you're the, the industry expert. Am I correct on that? Yeah, there's many states that have actually outlawed the Class Three firearms weapons uh, that would include assault rifles. Uh, but for the most part, you... Uh, you pay an extra $200 tax stamp. Uh, you wait nine months to a, a year permission. And whereas, say, a regular AR-15 might run you $799, if you get one that has the happy switch on it, that has the full automatic or the capability, you're running in the area of $25,000 to buy that rifle. Yeah, you know, the thing that gets me about this in particular is Gavin Newsom is just demonstrating his real a real lack of understanding of one firearm's Number two, law and the Constitution and how it works. And, and then, anyway. So, so here's the thing. A Constitution in general is supposed to be a, a fundamental framing of how the government works. And when you have a Bill of Rights, which includes amendments, those are fundamental principles of a, of a society, right? Of what you say you're going to, what you believe in. A amendment is not supposed to include specific details like the age at which you can purchase a firearm or universal background, any of the stuff that he's saying that he wants in there. But what he's used to is how what California has, right? California's constitution is full of a bunch of stuff, half of which, well, I won't say half, maybe, maybe half is an overstatement, a bunch of which has been ruled by the courts to be unconstitutional, doesn't exist. Because they just decided, well, if we want it to be law, but we want it to be, you know, if we want to put you on extra double secret probation, then we're going to make a constitutional amendment to do it. I mean, for example, did you know that English is the official language of California? Yeah, that's what our constitution says. Yet, we have documents and everything in this country, in the state, that is translated into hundreds of different languages. and, uh, And we consider it, if you... If you require someone to speak English, that's considered a violation of their civil rights in California. Um, well, yeah. I, I want to take a step back and just and get ahead of some people's argument and because I hear it sometimes. And they'll say, well, assault rifle, what do you think AR stands for? <laughs> that, right, Mike, do you want, you want to take this as, as the subject matter expert? Yes, yes, it stands for America's rifle. <laughs> no, wait, that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. not, that's, not, that's not right. It's a, it was Arbolite rifle uh, product number, patent number 15. So it was the AR-15 that was created. Right, so that's, that's not, it's not even what AR stands I, for. I, so. I, you, know, you, know, you know what I prefer to call, refer to as? 
asshole repellent. <laughs> and another thing they'll say is when you say, you know, shut up being fringe and, and they'll say, okay, so that means there should be no laws and a, and a 14 year old can, can, can buy a gun. This will be maybe, you know, controversial in this day and age, but I would say, yeah, you know, whose job it is to say what, what age someone should have a gun, the parents, the parents should, you know, so if you live out in rural country, and your 12-year-old you know, wants to buy his first firearm and go hunting with his dad. I don't have a problem with that. Parents, much like gender changes, should, uh, should have the last say on that and know what's best for their kids. Um, oh. So that's, you know, the, just go, I'll just go ahead and get out in front of that, uh, in front of that argument. And if and it just goes back to a much bigger argument of the lack of, of uh, parenting in this country. But uh, I, but uh, but I won't let your lack of parenting infringe my rights. There you go. There you go. Because I'll Amen. have to defend myself against your unruly kids. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta defend myself against your unruly kids <laughs> because OPKs, they have weapons OPKs. that they didn't get legally. So as always, criminals don't care what the law says. So we're only making laws for law-abiding citizens. They they well there that's you go. And, well, and that's what that's what people do not understand or people anti-gunners do not understand is is that most of these laws have no impact on the people who are committing crimes 96 percent of all firearms used in crimes were either were either stolen or trafficked so they're not going to a gun store so they're not going through background checks they're not worried about the capacity of their magazines they're not worried about whether or not it has all the evil features that make the firearm assaulty they don't care their goal is, I just want to take your stuff and do and or do harm to you. And to say that, they, to know that they are going to have access to semi-automatic centerfire rifles with detachable magazines uh, with all the evil features, and then to say that you're not allowed to have it just doesn't make any sense because all it does is it further victimizes the potential victims. Well, let's and let's walk this. Let's walk this argument down. End of the day, I, I look at everything through logic and reason. And if and if it's if it's good. Wait, for no, wait, this, wait, wait. Just so you know, uh, logic and reason. That 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 is about part of the culture of whiteness. So your your white supremacy is starting right. to show. That's, just so just so you know, I just need you to know this. You know. Mike, you should have caught that. You're you are our, our diversity and equity officer here at the rundown. I'm surprised that you missed that. So I am. So, I didn't beat him hard enough. So <laughs> with so with with that, let's walk down the line. You know, cars kill more people than than guns do. You know, let's 35 mile an hour everywhere, and let's let's reduce those numbers. But we don't say cars kill people. We say the drivers kill people. Let's go again. They'll use this argument and say, hey. Well, if we can take one gun off the street and save one American life, isn't that worth it? Now, I happen to think uh, American blood is precious, and, and I don't want uh, – no wasted life is what I want. However, then let's take that same logic and reason on our immigration process. Illegal immigrants kill innocent Americans, and just because a few illegal immigrants kill innocent Americans, should we – do away with immigration? No, they wouldn't do that ever. So why is it only in guns where a few of the bad instances paint the paint paint the whole crowd? So it's so it's the only it's the only um, topic that that they do this with. 
Well, because it doesn't meet their agenda. It doesn't meet their agenda. Well, ultimately, their goal is to disarm us so that they can do to us whatever they wish. Yep. Which goes back to my founding fathers, you know, argument. And and you know, in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. No. That argument would not make a lot of sense. But as we keep creeping government control into every aspect of our life, this is exactly what our founding fathers wanted to keep from happening this is one way you keep it from happening and one more point i want to make is our our second amendment rights is what keeps the enemy at bay mm-hmm. at some point russia and china russia's already shown they they'll go attack whoever they want whenever they feel like it they were the whole world was judging our response to ukraine or what really was a lack of response that's a different argument you can have whether we should be involved in that or not but it is documented that one of the reasons China is not going to come over here and go to war with us isn't just because of our military prowess. It's because even if they made it here, they would have to deal with the billion of firearms that American citizens own. Yep. That's, you know, I, in this kind of, I want to kind of get into, get into our, our, our next topic and I'm going to take, I'm going to take the next two items. Is the GOP support for two A turning off young voters and uh, many Gen Z voters are leaning towards the GOP because both of them kind of go together. Uh, it, it, here's here, here's the thing. So what they're trying to argue here in Politico, uh, they're trying to argue that, well, because the, because the Republican Party supports the Second Amendment, well, that's creating a problem because a lot of Gen Millennials and Gen Zers, well, they're pro- restricting gun rights yada 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 right and what but what's interesting about it is is that then you have this article over here at the atlantic where they're talking about is gen z coming for the gop and by the way it says here not all young people are democrats so it's interesting the title and of, of, of the piece and the thing is different but what they're noting is this they're noting that among gen zers that in red states most gen zers are republican they're conservative. They believe in the right to keep and bear arms. They believe in traditional values. They don't believe in transing the kids. Uh, they believe in protecting parental rights. They believe in limited government, right? All of these things that young, that millennial, I mean, not millennial, that Gen Z, uh, Gen Zers in red states believe. Now, obviously in, in blue states, Gen Zers as a majority believe something different. But I wanted to talk just a little bit because right now, I mean, the bulk of voters still between are still between are still boomers and Gen Xers, and uh, I you know I, I still believe that that the millennials are eventually going to come around, and Gen Zers are demonstrating that they're already coming around. I mean, I watch, I look at our show. Our second biggest demographic is twenty one to thirty five. It's it's literally Gen Z. Yeah, and, and Greg, I think a, a lot of it goes towards, like you said, what what's, what state they come from, where they come from, what their influences are. Uh, and I think, like you said, that that 21 to 35 years of age is that is that age of maturity, that age of adulthood. Like uh, you and I have said many times on here, I don't believe you're an adult until you make that first mortgage payment. And you realize where your money's going and how much goes to tax and how much goes to interest. It's at that point you become much more conservative in your values. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to point out a one. One of my 
favorite quotes. I had to pull it up real quick so, so I, I don't butcher it. And it says, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative when old, you have no brain. So <laughs> I, it doesn't concern me a whole lot that uh, you may be turning off some of the young voters because those young voters will get older and they'll get into the real world. And, and, and as you mature, you, you start thinking differently and you start seeing how the world really works. That's, that's one thing I'd, I'd like to point out. So I'm not going to chase the young vote. Uh, well, knowing that, but but now here's but here's the one challenge with that, and that's one of the things that's pointed out in the political article, as well as in the Atlantic, is that in particular a lot of the changes that were made in 2020, and many of which stayed in effect in terms of voting laws in 2022, have facilitated larger numbers of younger voters actually voting, which means that. We can't ignore younger voters. I'm not saying we have to completely change our mind, but we can't ignore younger voters. And and, here, and here's the, the second the second point I wanted to make was at at the end of the day, you you go interview a uh, you know, we talked about street interviews before before the show, uh, all these people, and you and you ask them what is what's your biggest concern right now? I'd be baffled if Gen Zers took looked in your mic and said gun control. Gun control is number one on my list, not jobs, not inflation, not the housing price, you know, the cost of, 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 uh, of housing and groceries, which all goes under inflations and the massive amount of taxes they're realizing they're paying now. So if, if gun control it ends up on number 10 on their list, you're not going to hit all 10 on their list. What you need to hit is what affects them most in their life. And those things I just, I just mentioned, the Republican Party or the conservative party has a great argument for and that's what we need to stick to they want jobs and housing that's what they want true that's what we what that's what that's what a smaller government and letting uh and letting you know capitalism uh free will give them don't 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 disagree with that don't disagree with that one bit um i want to move on to our our last story and this one all right, so this one, I, I literally I include this because I found it hilarious. Um, there's a TikTok video, and I did, unfortunately I did not download the video, but there's a TikTok video that's out there where you have a liberal woman who is decrying the fact she is, she is angry and she is hurt because, well, she's looking for a man, but she wants a man-man. She don't want a, a wimpy man. She don't want a, 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 she doesn't want a feminine man. She wants... A man, and this liberal woman has a video that's gone viral on TikTok saying it's so hard for her to find a masculine man that's not a conservative. And I'm like, um, I, I'm sorry, but how do you not understand that 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 liberal emasculated men cannot be masculine? When you cut his balls off, he it's a little hard for him to be masculine. I'm just saying. Again, it's it, where where do you where do you start? I'll I'll tell you where I'll start with this one. I'll, I'll start because it it's rooted in feminism, okay? And and let's just take let's take you know current events and and tackle it with with uh, feminism. I've been to the Ukraine uh, three times. Uh, I also volunteer. Uh, my my work with with my specialty experience and child rescue uh so i went over to uh ukraine 
to help with the evacuation and high-risk areas for, for children. You want to know what I didn't find in Ukraine when there was a, a, a war had broke out and they're, they're fighting for their existence as a country? Swimsuits of- where you could tuck and hide your stuff. <laughs> Oddly enough, that was not their <laughs> biggest concern. Uh, it was pride, masculine. Pride, pride gear? No pride nope. stuff? Did, did, didn't see didn't see pride. I, I, don't, I doubt there's a lot of pride flags flying in Ukraine right now. Drag queens. Trying to, I'm sure there's tons to of drag fly. queens in Ukraine. They're just... They're just trying to fly their country's flag uh, <laughs> without getting, you know, without getting that flagpole bombed or mortared or, or hit by artillery. Uh, toxic, masculine Ukrainian men are pushing towards the front line and dying in massive and, 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 and at record paces. And that's who that at the end of the day, that's what a culture has to have. You can't remove that from this culture or you will remove the United States from this map at some point so yes um they they can it's more of an espoused value they can say that's the type of guy they want but then again reality reality hits them and uh they come to find out what they were told was bad is kind of something is is a necessity the the whole time well they've they've gotten to the point where they want to say that masculinity I mean, it, there's one thing to call it toxic masculinity, but they want to point to all of masculine, everything that makes someone masculine, they want to call it toxic. And I, I sit on a school board, you can see right here, Robla school board, mem- board member. Um, and one of the challenges that, that I see in edu- public education is the feminization of education. And it's not so much that it, it's, it's not that I'm not saying that we shouldn't create an environment where girls can grow and learn. But we've done. We've created in our society a thing where anything man is bad, anything woman is good, and we're going to make it real easy for women. We're going to make it real hard. We're going to we're going to not. We're going to design everything around the idea of helping women to be able to succeed, and uh, you know, screw our boys. Not to be hear, kind uh, of Catholic churchish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they, uh, you know, I hear them still. You know, they, their message hasn't changed since, uh, you know, since the beginning of feminism. If you talk to, I've heard some some videos of some old school feminists, and and the things they talk about, they have nothing in common with this new school feminism. Um, they they talked about just common, just things that that matter. And case in point, um, one of the things this old school feminist was talking about was like, hey. Why are we celebrating when a woman does something a man does? That's not something to celebrate. It's already been done before. Do something that a man hasn't done or hasn't hasn't been accomplished yet as a woman. Those are the things we you know we need to strive for, and uh, and celebrate. And I couldn't I couldn't agree with that any more. So today, as they continue to fight for women's rights, what 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 right do I have as a man that that a woman doesn't have? And and that's a, that's an honest question, Craig. If you if you if you could. If you could name one, I I deal I do I deal with the same thing when I hear people <laughs> talk about how racist America is because I'm like, so what do you, what do you as a black man what can I as a black man not do that the two of you can't do? What can Nothing. you do? Swimming. Use the N word. I'm a pretty good swimmer. I will have you know. Oh, Especially okay, since right. my body fat ratio has gone up, I float a little bit better. <laughs> I'm glad glad my joke went 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 unnoticed. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> I got some huh. <laughs> 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 
Besides, well, that, that's the that's the thing about the uh, the the half a second or second delay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a uh, it, so, and they're just and and we've also we've this and and what these these young people and 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 minorities and even not min- minorities, which is even crazier about it, we have we have glamorized this victim or offended mentality that and, and we've raised we've raised those people like that's something to be something to be proud of i grew up in a single wide trailer on a dirt road i was homeschooled i have i don't have a college degree to my name and and if you're and everything i did in the military was something i earned uh no one there was no uh there's no special white guy loan to go to go get uh, to start this business uh, so what you're saying is you were mobile homeschooled <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 insane to think that i had a leg up on you know on 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 someone else based on the color of my skin it's just it's just not true yet we perpetuate this you know this agenda and this theme and we and we preach it to them so of course they have this mentality. They've been told, they've been told their whole life, it's not mm-hmm. fair to you. You can't make it because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. Your your problems are. And, and I don't think that's how we should raise our kids. The next no, generation. How say, unfair is that to them? How do you set them up for failure to tell them that your level of success, your ability to succeed in this society? Isn't based on you, your talent, your success, your hard work, none of that. It's only if some person, some person of another race, if some white man over at the government decides to let you be successful. That's the only way you can. How do you set? I mean, that's setting kids up for failure, period. Yeah. Oddly enough, I actually told a story, uh, you know, of a very similar instance. I was from National Guard Air Defense and I wanted to be a Green Beret. And I was told. You cannot be a Green Beret. You don't have the pedigree to be one. I could have taken everything they said and not tried to do anything better. I refuse to believe the narrative, and I believe that hard work will get me what I wanted. And guess what? It, it, it did. It wasn't anything special or magical. It was, I wasn't, it wasn't white guy number 17 at selection. I was just, in fact, I still remember my selection number. I was 297. I was a number. You know, when they go look at all the statistics, they don't even know my age, race. They, they know which white guy you are. You were. Well, <laughs> they, they know which white guy number you were. <laughs> I, I was. They knew who I was because I was in the front of all the of all the races and, and ruck marches. They knew who I was <laughs> because of my performance. Did, there you go. Made them remember me. There you so go. I just, I just, I have a, I have a problem with that, and we're, we're perpetuating this. You tell a young person long enough that you cannot succeed, um, it's, it, it, just, it will get in their psyche, and I just, I think that's very un, unfair. And to be honest, and I think that's racist. I, I, I one hundred percent agree. All right, but hey, we're, we're running a little over time, so tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna go ahead and move on to our parting shots. Parting shot is brought. Our parting shots are brought to you by Hog Holsters. You can find them at hogholster.com. Make sure when you go there, you use the discount code The Rundown, all caps, no spaces, just like it is right there. Make sure you do it just like it is right there, and uh, get your discount today. All right, now this first one, this first one coming across. Well, 
Here, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll just I'll just share this with you because we've been talking about Biden and his uh and his uh well his stumble. We've been talking about it all week. Um, well, there's new evidence that's out. I think they figured out exactly what was going on. And that was when they they noticed. And you see that you see that Biden here is noting that uh, then that sandbag said, "This is MAGA country." <laughs> cool hat, bro. Very very cool hat. But we also now just so you guys know, we also have some behind the scenes audio. You guys may not know, but in in, in situations like this, they actually give the president an earpiece. So that he can know and understand where he's supposed to be going and what he's supposed to be doing, and we kind of have the kind of the behind-the-scenes audio of that. I thought you guys might enjoy listening to that. All right, Joe. Let's see if you can even get to the damn mark this time. Remember, like we practice, walk around, go up and say hi to the general, and then get behind the podium. Yep, upstairs, careful, careful. You know how you are with stairs. Okay, that podium, yes. Walk forward, walk forward, say hi to the general, and stop. And stop. Where where are you going? Not that general. Oh, my God. Joe, go back to the podium. Joe. Oh, my God, this is so awkward. These poor cadets. Joe, to the podium. Could you? Yeah, thank you. Direct him to the podium, please. Come on. There you go, old man. Get up there. No, the podium, you idiot. Where are you going? Oh, God. You know, I hope something happens to you later. A few moments later. All right, go ahead and walk off the stage now, Joe. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What happened? That was incredibly too good. Now, this last one, this last video, I want to share with you just because, well, we're talking about statistics. You're going to notice this guy's going to drop some statistics that are not in line with the the current narrative. Uh, But having said that, not only is it funny, but it is incredibly accurate. Yes, 50% of all murders committed in this country were committed by people of color. That's true. But why are they telling you that on Fox News? We not killing you. I looked it up. Ninety-two percent of the people that black people that murdered were other black people. Like, what the fuck are you scared of, sir? I'm not going clutching your purse. Move. I'm trying to shoot the motherfucker behind you. <laughs> and what's funny is, is that he just suddenly dropped that bomb, and it's like, yeah, no, yeah, because if you listen to the media narrative, the number one cause of death of black people. Are white cops, but that ain't true. Yeah, yep, yep. That's right. Comedy will always will will never be censored, and then and that's the only place there's 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 a bastion of of hope in this country is you know, is, is comedians continuing uh, to tell the truth through comedy. There's the front line of the First Amendment. Left. That's what I like to call it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, hey, before we before that. we tune out today, uh, first of all, Mike, how about that shout out to our sponsors? Uh, yep. Again, let's say hello to our good friends at Hitman Industries, hitmanindustries.net. You can get rifle and pistol caliber barrels and any like you desire. And soon to come, Glock barrels. That's hitmanindustries.net. California Republican Assembly fighting a good fight behind enemy lines. Now you can take part in California's future today. And again, 
keep your eye on the California 6th Congressional District. USCombatGear.com for any of the field gear you happen to need, hunting, hiking, fishing, whatever it is, whatever gear you need for outdoors, it's USCombatGear.com. And I want to thank our hosts today over at Lion Arms. That's LionArmsUSA.com, LionArmsUSA.com. And of course, First Responder Coffee Company, that's FRCCoffee.com, FRCCoffee.com. And Brent, please tell everybody else where they could follow you. You can follow us both on uh, Instagram and Facebook at FRC Coffee. And also, this would be the first time we've announced it. Uh, you may have seen me smoking a cigar this this segment. FRC Cigars will make its way to uh, to us next month, a big launch. So you can start your day with us, and then you can end your day with us. So we're going to corner the market. See, now, you know you got to send your, you got to send me some cigars so you can say that your scar- cigars are being smoked coast to coast. You, we got a, you, you got a box with your name on it, Craig. <laughs> very Coming nice, very nice. Brent, thank you so much for coming on the program. Uh, very much appreciated the conversation. Really appreciated hearing about your background and really appreciate all that you do for our first responders. Thanks for having me. And anytime. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and call it a day. We're going to call it a program. Not quite a week, though. We still got one more day. We still got Friday, Freaky Friday. Thank God it will be Friday. Uh, And with that, you folks take care, have a good evening, stay safe, and we will talk to you manana.